Hello folks, quick note from me before we get started. In today's episode, I'm covering many studies by Francesca Gino. Now, Richard and I recorded this episode a few months back before the data fraud scandal came out. If you're not aware, Gino has been put on leave from Harvard for essentially lying about the results in four of her papers. I should mention that none of the papers that she's been questioned on are mentioned in this episode today, and it might be the case that everything we share in today's episode is totally legitimate, but I wanted to give you a word of warning just in case. To learn more about this, do go back and listen to my previous episode on the scandal. It's called Harvard Fake Data Scandal. I'd suggest you give that a listen after this episode. Okay, on to the show. In 2010, Lady Gaga wore a dress made of raw beef cuts at the Video Music Awards. This meat dress was memorable, eye-catching, and made her the most talked-about artist at the event. But why? Why did this dress capture headlines? And why did Lady Gaga choose to wear this dress? See, the lazy explanation is to say she wore this dress to stand out. That doesn't make sense to me. She's Lady Gaga. She was turning up to a ceremony with a record 13 nominations, including two nominations for the video of the year, the first female artist to achieve that feat. She would have stood out regardless. If every attendee was forced to wear the same outfit, eyes would still be drawn to Lady Gaga. So if she wasn't wearing it to stand out, why did Lady Gaga wear this dress? Well, it turns out it has less to do with differentiation and more to do with status. In today's episode of Nudge, the final with my wonderful long-standing guest, Richard Shotton, we explain why powerful people dress differently. All of that coming up after this quick break. Success Story, hosted by Scott D. Clary, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Success Story features Q&A sessions with successful business leaders, keynote presentations, and conversations on sales, marketing, business, startups, and entrepreneurship. Back in December last year, Scott did an episode with marketing legend Seth Godin on how to hire well, which I think is well worth tuning into. So listen to Success Story wherever you get your podcasts. Lady Gaga isn't alone in dressing differently. Many individuals with high status, high power and high wealth often dress differently to the rest of us. You might think, well, of course they do. They have the money to buy designer clothes, but that's not always the case. Occasionally, extremely high wealth individuals, billionaires like Zuckerberg, for example, will dress down. Rather than wear designer suits, he wears a t-shirt and Adidas sandals. Some might say this is down to laziness, but psychologists have a different point of view. To explain, I've invited best-selling author and behavioural scientist Richard Shotton back on the show for one final time. He starts by explaining the psychology behind dressing differently and the so-called red sneakers effect. There is a brilliant book, and I always mix two books. There's two brilliant books. There's Rebel Ideas and there's Rebel Talent. One's by Matthew Syed and one's by Francesca Gino. And in the Gino book, she talked a lot about her own research. And one idea she discusses is the red sneakers effect. And it is the idea that if you break a convention, you are seen as higher status. So the part of her experiment I particularly like is the pilot study. She goes to academic conferences in America in the early 2000s. And when she gets there, she uh, notes down the smartness of dress of people who are arriving. 
And remember, at this time, there is a strong social norm, social expectation that you should dress smartly. She notes down people's style of dress from scruffy to smart and then goes and asks those people how many citations they have. So a citation is you have been referenced, uh, your work has been referenced by a peer-reviewed article once. So more citations, the more success you are. Crude metric, but uh, a sensible metric. What she finds is that there is an inverse correlation between smartness of dress and number of citations. So essentially what she's showing is that the super successful academics, you know, the people who appear on talk shows or in the kind of Sunday newspapers, they are the ones who dress scruffily. They are the ones who break the dress convention. But if you look at the uh, junior academics, the people who haven't got tenure, the people who are just starting out in their career, they are much, much more likely to abide by the conventions. Her argument is that you need a degree of social capital. You need a degree of status to break the convention. Okay. If you have no status, you break convention, you will be punished, essentially. So it just doesn't tend to happen. And then in her later studies, she argues people are remarkably well attuned to this. If we see someone uh, breaking convention, we assume their higher status. As Richard says, Gino found this inverse correlation between the smartness of dress and the number of citations they had. Turns out, the most successful academics were the ones who were most likely to break conventions and dress differently. But as he mentioned, it's not just that successful academics dress down, it's that people who view those that dress down as having a higher level of competence. Those that dress down just seem smarter. This was found in a follow-up study run by Silvia Beleza, Francesca Gino and Annette Keenan. They asked 159 respondents to rate the status and competence of a professor based on a short description of them. Participants were told about a professor who either conformed, for example, Phil typically wears a tie to work and is cleanly shaven, or a professor who did not conform. For example, Phil typically wears a t-shirt to work and has a beard. They were then asked to rate the competence of the professor and how well respected that professor probably is on a seven-point scale. The respondents rated the competence of the non-conforming professor at 5.35 out of 7, while the conforming professor was ranked at 5 out of 7. That is a statistically significant swing of 14%. Those who break fashion conventions are seen as more competent, even by individuals who know nothing about them. Francesca Gino writes that, since non-conformity often has a social cost, Observers infer that a non-conforming individual is in a powerful position that allows her to risk the social cost of non-conformity without fear of losing her place in the social hierarchy. This is the red sneakers effect. Breaking fashion conventions boosts your perceived status and competence. It's why Zuckerberg dons Adidas sandals, why Jobs chose a turtleneck, and why Gaga wore a steak skirt. So the key point here is it's not necessarily dressing down, it's breaking conventions that leads to status. So maybe in an ad agency where everyone dresses scruffily, the convention to be broken would be to turn up in a you know full three-piece suit and a bow tie. That would be convention breaking. But in a situation where people you're expected to dress smartly, then dressing down might well have the positive effect that, that Gina mentions. This is an important point. 
Gaga wouldn't have garnered as much attention if she'd turned up in joggers and trainers. Celebrities often dress down, and that wouldn't seem like breaking conventions. Wearing a beef bra, however, does break conventions. And importantly, it's clear that Gaga was doing this on purpose. It's clear that it's intentional. Everyone knows she's breaking conventions on purpose, and that only boosts the red sneakers effect. This insight comes from another Gino study, where she asked 141 people to read a brief description about a man, a man called Childs, who attended a formal black tie party at his golf club. He was described as either wearing a black bow tie, so conforming to the dress style, or wearing a red bow tie, so not conforming to the dress style. But importantly, Gino also told some participants that Childs broke this convention deliberately, while she told others that he broke it by mistake. Now, participants then guessed the status of Charles as a member of the golf club and his performance as a player. When the non-conforming behaviour, so wearing that red bow tie, was seen as deliberate, Charles's status increased by 17%, which is expected, is what we know so far. However, when the deviation from the norm was seen as a mistake, so he mistakenly wore that red bow tie, his status was reduced by 5%. Wearing jeans and a t-shirt on your first day at a new job as a banker won't impress anyone. It'll be perceived as a mistake and your status will decrease. But wearing jeans and a t-shirt after you've got a promotion seven years in and you'll probably be seen as higher status, your convention-breaking outfit will be seen as a power move. Which leads to another point. To make the red sneakers effect work, you have to break a convention. There's a suit-wearing convention at the bank, which is why dressing down works. But in business and marketing, those conventions aren't always clear. So there is an interesting point here for marketers, which is be very careful about unthinkingly abiding to your category conventions, because it doesn't reflect well on yourself. What you want to do is go out there and identify all the different conventions in your category and think to yourself, which do I need to adhere to? Maybe there's a very good reason. Leave those alone. And then which conventions are just there for tradition's sake? And it's that latter group that you want to break. And if you break it, you will project a higher sense of of, of status about yourself. My friend and fellow podcaster Louis Grenier shares plenty of examples of brands who find conventions to break in his newsletter. He shares examples like Yes Mistress, a sales consultant who teaches coaches how to sell without feeling dirty. (laughs) Rather than position herself as a conventional sales trainer, she brands herself as a dominatrix dressed in leather holding a whip. Her website reads, if selling still feels very, very dirty to you, you'll need the Yes Mistress newsletter. A great example of breaking a convention to improve status. Or take, for example, the drunk UX tester. Now, most UX testers talk about their computer science degrees, their background in design, their attention to details. That is conventional. Richard, aka the drunk UX tester, well, he breaks this convention. His site, which you can see in the show notes, says, your website should be so simple a drunk person could use it. You can't test that, but I'll do it for you. A great way of breaking a convention to grab attention. Or take the ads for the plant-based bacon La Vie. Now, La Vie's vegan lardons got sued by a couple of major pork brands. The conventional thing to do would be to deal with this in private to hide this from the press. You don't want to be sharing your lawsuits out in the wild. 
However, Levy chose to break conventions. They took out a two-page ad in a newspaper saying, Big Pork is attacking us because they think our vegan lardons look the same as pork lardons. Thanks for the compliment. We also think your pork lardons look the same as our vegan lardons. Could you please change your recipe? Now, not only does this break from convention, making them seem higher competence and higher status, it's also clearly intentional, which only boosts the red sneaker effect. Breaking a fashion convention gave Lady Gaga higher status, higher perceived confidence and higher awareness. But honestly, wearing raw meat is a pretty crude application of the red sneaker effect. There are far more interesting, more lateral ways of applying this nudge, which can stop people slipping on water and even help you sell more beer. I'll share each of those after this quick break. As many of you know, I have just quit my job to go full-time on Nudge, but prior to that, I spent my career working in startups. And startups aren't easy. It's long hours, small teams, tiny budgets. It makes marketing hard work, but it doesn't have to be. HubSpot for startups can help grow your business without growing your stress. Their all-in-one platform connects your sales, marketing, and support all together. So you can increase your leads, you can fast-track your deals, smooth out support, and join a platform that more than 190,000 top brands trust. HubSpot also offer discounts for startups on their top-rated customer platform and not the type of discounts that barely make a dent. So if you're ready to boost your marketing without breaking the bank, look no further than HubSpot for startups. To see how much you can save, visit hubspot.com startups. Okay, back to the show. Now, breaking a convention works in marketing because it makes you stand out. Now, obviously, marketers intuitively know that standing out and being distinct is a good thing, but often this is based on a feeling, a gut instinct. However, fortunately, there is some hard evidence to back it up. Take this experiment, conducted by Vanni Pariyadaf and David Eagleman, two academics at the Bayer College of Medicine in Texas. In 2007, they showed 84 people nine photos, which each flashed up on a screen in front of them, for between 300 to 700 milliseconds. Eight of the photos were the same mundane image, a brown shoe, whereas one image was distinct, an alarm clock. The academics then asked participants to judge how long the image had been shown for, and they compared this to the preceding image. The key finding was that the distinct image was judged to have been shown for 12% longer than it actually was. Those academics found that standing out by dressing down will actually stick in our mind for longer, which is why that drunk UX tester and dominatrix sale coach are so hard to forget. And this phenomenon can also boost the effectiveness of a warning sign. See, when we're walking down the hallway and we see a yellow cone telling us to slow down because it's slippy, I bet we all ignore it. It doesn't break any conventions, it just doesn't stand out. But as Sam Tatum points out in Evolutionary Ideas, the red sneaker effect works just as well for warning cones. Swapping the standard cone for a surprising banana peel cone, a cone that is designed to look like a giant banana peel, well that captures our attention. A study of 246 people found that the banana cone significantly outperforms standard safety cones. In fact, it was 22 times more effective at slowing people down and reducing falls. However, I wanted some more tangible examples of how all of this applies to marketing. 
So I asked Richard for his take. He shares a brilliant study that he ran with a distinctive red sneaker-esque beer brand. For the study, we got two very distinctive um, or very, we got two beer brands who had a very um, strong set of imagery. And we show people four bottles of beer, three bottles from brand A, one bottle from brand B. And we asked people how much they you know, liked the imagery. And then we repeated the study where we show people four bottles again with a different group, three from brand B, one from brand A. And what we found is that it was there was a change in perception of the, you know, the quality of the brand according to whether it stood out from its surroundings or whether it was the majority of the surroundings. And people preferred that brand when it broke the, 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 the convention, when it broke from uh, everything around it. Richard talks about this study in more detail in his book, The Illusion of Choice. For the study, groups of participants were shown four obscure bottles of craft beer with eye-catching designs. Three of the labels were designed in broadly the same style, whereas the final beer had a markedly different style. So, for example, three labels all contained bright neon colours, whereas the fourth was designed with dark, muted colours. The team would switch the order for other groups. So one group would see what I've just described. The other group might see three designs with muted, dark designs and then one neon design. Just as the red sneaker effect suggests, the bottle design was ranked higher when it broke the surrounding conventions. Richard's team found a 5% improvement when the bottle design stood out compared to its peers, regardless of whether it was neon or muted colours. Now that is a pretty good improvement, but Richard argues it could have been even better. See, he did this study with a random group of participants. Many might not have drunk beer. Many were probably only vaguely familiar with craft beers. But there's evidence to suggest that the red sneaker effect works best with those who are really familiar with your category. So craft beer fans in this case. And this insight comes from a study completed by psychologists in Milan. They enlisted 109 women, 52 of which worked at luxury boutiques like Armani or Burberry. The remainder were just normal members of the public recruited at a nearby railway station. So half the participants know an awful lot about fashion, the other half only know an average amount. Participants were then asked to read a story describing a shopper visiting a high-end store who abided by dress conventions. It said, imagine a woman entering a luxury boutique in downtown Milan during winter. She looks approximately 35 years old. She is wearing a dress and a fur coat. Others, however, read about a non-conforming shopper who dressed in surprisingly casual attire. It said, imagine a woman entering a luxury boutique in downtown Milan during winter. She looks approximately 35 years old. She is wearing gym clothes and a jacket. Here's the thing. The shop assistants, who were familiar with the environment, rated the status of the gym-wearing shopper much higher than the fur coat-wearing shopper. On a seven-point scale, they rated the status of the non-conformist at 4.9 compared to 3.8 for the fur coat-wearing conformist. That is a 29% higher status for the shopper wearing gym attire. In contrast, members of the public who were unfamiliar with luxury boutique sales rated the shopper who abided by the dress norms as having higher status than the non-conformist, so 5.7 compared to 3.5 in that rating. 
This study suggests that the value of the red sneakers effect is greatest for those who are most familiar with your brand or category, which totally explains the mixed opinions towards Lady Gaga's flesh dress. Those with intimate knowledge of the fashion industry praised her for her unique style, while the rest of us were left wondering if she'd lost her mind. The red sneakers effect explains why Zuckerberg can wear Adidas sandals live on TV and still seem like the most competent person in the room. It explains why Gaga can seem like a fashion icon amongst like-minded peers for donning a Donna kebab. And it reveals why brands that break from their conventions like uniquely styled beers, drunk UX designers and even sued vegan bacon can actually boost their appeal. Oh, and by the way, if you're wondering, I record every episode of Nudge in a top hat and a bow tie. I really hope that doesn't change your opinion of me. Now, folks, before you go, I've got a special announcement to make. Unfortunately, this is the last episode with Richard Shotton in this series. However, I've made one bonus episode with Richard. It is the full, uncut conversation we had covering many of the topics you've heard about, but in much greater detail. Richard also shares detail on how he uses behavioural science to advertise his book, why advertisers today don't take enough risks, and his favourite bias to improve someone's marketing. Plus, he revealed to me how he remembers all of these studies off by heart, and I think it's worth listening just to hear that. Honestly, it's a cracking episode, and if you've enjoyed any of the episodes with Richard, you'll want to check that out. To get access, all you have to do is to sign up to my newsletter, but you have to use the link in the show notes. So subscribe to the newsletter using that link in the show notes and you'll instantly unlock the bonus episode. Don't worry, you can unsubscribe from the newsletter immediately. If you like, you'll still get the bonus episode. And if you're an existing subscriber, you'll still need to do the same thing. Add your email to the link in the description so you'll get the episode. But don't worry, you won't be subscribed twice. It'll just check if you're already subscribed. So go click the link in the show notes and give that bonus episode a listen. It's really well worth listening to. You'll also get my personal email address so you can ping me a message to let me know what you think. I'm your host, Phil Agnew. You can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn. And finally, massive thank you for Richard for being such a wonderful guest. His brilliant book, The Illusion of Choice, is linked to in the show notes. I strongly recommend you pick it up. Thank you very much for listening and hopefully you'll hear me very soon on that special bonus episode. Cheers.